0: Around Comics, episode 45.
1: This is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello!
2: And we have our Around
1: Comics regular, Mr.
2: Tom Caters. This is like eating that second half of that delicious calzone that you put (laughs) in the refrigerator on Monday and you're drunk and starving. (laughs) You want more John Byrne and you're going to get it. (laughs) As uh, Tom has so eloquently (laughs) said,
1: we... uh, um, We are posting the second half of our John Byrne interview. Too much burn for one show. He was he not
3: burn victims.
1: Uh, if you listen to uh, uh, the first half of the John Byrne interview, which we certainly hope you did if you did not it was on monday 's episode, definitely go back and listen to that first uh, The first half was was kind of uh, your basic questions, a lot of history of of his work and uh, thoughts about you know fans and all that good stuff. but the second half we really kind of uh, dig under that top layer and get into some really fun stuff so Um, Before we get to the interview, I do want to remind everyone that Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We'd love to meet you. You never know when we're talking to people like John Byrne, uh, which makes it fun. Um, we have our September contest, which is our trivia contest at the uh, at the site. Go to the show and then drop down menu to the contest, or we have a link on the forum. Sal, so tell
0: folks a little bit about the the contest. It's a uh, it's a daily trivia challenge. It's ten random uh, comic book related trivia. Questions every day. You can go and play it. You can only play it once a day. And uh, the the more uh, answers you get correct in the shorter amount of time, the more points you get. And at the end of the month, will it'll tally up all the points, and whoever wins wins uh, a nice prize package from Dark Tower. I comics. can't wait
2: to win that. You <laughs> totally win. Yeah, we something. are we are employees, employees of employees. around <laughs> comics. Yeah. Judge judge whether or not you believe what we say against our scores. <laughs> and not tribute. only that,
0: you get the you know bragging rights of like kicking everybody's ass in sure. comic book knowledge. So if you you know.
2: I am the tallest midget.
0: Yeah, you know, what the hell? I'm going to lose. I already know. I suck at it, but...
1: yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dark Tower is sponsoring that, and they're going to donate a, a nice prize pack, and Tom is going to uh, send out another ten quarter
2: issues.
3: Yeah.
1: Hand-selected. Yeah. Hand yeah. yeah. uh, Stephanie Mangold
2: <laughs> doesn't send in that Green Lantern thing. Someone's Steph- going to get a Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> oh, man. Ste- Stephanie <laughs> Mangold
1: is working on something right now. She sent me an email, so uh, uh, everyone out there, pl- please uh, ch- <laughs> check out... Uh, uh, hey, Supergirl at, uh, SilverBulletComics.com. We love Stephanie. Uh, the listener, LCS Challenge, uh, go download our PDF flyer, print that out, and see if your local comic shop will put that up. If they do, we will give them a shout out like we did for Dan C, Paper Cut in Minnesota, and The Source of Comics and Games at 1601 West Larpentur Avenue in I think it's Falcon. Strange. La, Bentoire. La, Bentoire. La Bentoire. Uh, oh, Avenue in Falcon Heights Minnesota. Uh, the hotline we
2: had one,
0: 188865Gcast. Call us leave us a voicemail just yep. like Equinox and you'll
2: be on the show too. Yes. Stop being so passive, participate. Yes. Yes. Vince B
1: Equinox they've been our participants so far and Amy we Lyft love them. Left uh, us a nice oh Amy nice. left. Yes, she was our first
0: uh, international caller. Uh, shop <laughs> at I'm around I'm calling out I want huh? to call out, I can't think of her name off the top of my head but there's another girl that was like on our frapper page cuz we have a frapper page where you can go and like put in your zip code and it'll put a little marker for you on the map and the, it was, she was the first girl on the fr- and actually still the only girl on our frapper page <laughs> shock but uh <laughs> yeah. but she I can't think of her name off the top of my head now, but I'm calling her out. Leave us a voicemail. We want to
1: hear
4: from you. All right. Well, that's so nice. The one girl has all... And now we all know where to find her. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's D. Drace, by the way. We yeah. didn't introduce him. So I'm going to d- find d- you. Dustin you. just i know so. so, what
1: zip code could you need. Do,
2: don't
0: dude. worry about it. <laughs> uh, Shopping Around Comics. So, uh, yeah, we have uh, our Shopping Around Comics, our cafe press store, where you can buy shirts and thongs.
3: Steins.
2: And and steins. And steins and coffee mugs.
0: and Around comic stuff, if you... Wanna, can you can know. get uh,
2: someone to draw a, a round comic symbol in clouds in the sky, a skywriter. Sure. That's on there. <laughs> a baby. I'm going to look somebody gets
4: in the round comics tattoo. That's tattoo. what I want to know. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I, and I feel bad for them. We are the <laughs> coolest podcast in comics,
0: I think. I mean, just... <laughs> I mean. You know, not that you're shy in way for anything, might are you We not, not be the best or the most informative, but we're the coolest. <laughs> we're not We're I not mean, the best
2: well-planned or researched. Yeah, we don't necessarily have the best guests or... <laughs> yeah. Oh hush, yeah.
1: uh, podcast alley. It is a new month. Please drop by the alley and uh, give us some love. And my favorite, the iTunes Music Store review. Yes, as, I, as I'm now going to say, every episode, be as cool as Andy Parks. Leave yeah, us a it's review. Hard to do. <laughs> All oh, right, but
2: only good ones. Yeah.
1: I, I know that I know that everyone has uh, downloaded this in uh, anticipation of the second half of the John Byrne interview. So you won't be disappointed. Let's go there.
2: John Byrne to the interview desk. With Katie Couric,
0: I'd like to ask you about um, something that's sort of been made into legend, or or uh, at least hearsay, if nothing else. Is, is your relationship with Chris Claremont when you were working on, on X Men? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <Don't> snort. W- <laughs> w- what? You, I mean, I think you've said in the past that it wasn't exactly a great relationship, but there was friction there. Do you think, and not to get into that, unless I'm misquoting you in any way, but do you think that that friction between uh, a writer and artist or an artist and writer can be beneficial to a project sometimes?
5: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, apparently there was there was a fair amount of, cr- of, of friction between, uh, between Stan and Jack. Uh, no. Back- in the, uh, <laughs> I have never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard, never about heard that. that. I mean, back when they were producing the stuff that we all think there must have been this perfect you know, synthesis happening, they were they were fighting with each other. And same with with Lee and Ditko. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's It goes far, you know. It goes to Gilbert and Sullivan and all these things where you have two people who are not quite meshing, but but what comes out is um, the, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Um, Chris and I were were were. Basically, we're constantly trying to outdo each other. That was the thing, you know. It was like it was, it was a competition that that, uh, that I think the fans benefited from greatly because sure. obviously these are these are comics that are legendary. I don't I don't think they deserve that status, but that's the status they have. So we must have been doing something right.
1: Hey, they're in an omnibus, so they have to be pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, well, with that being the case, do you think there's ever a chance of you working with Peter David? No. <laughs> <laughs>
5: had to ask it. I, I had to ask. To ask. No. I had no. no. Do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's like, Chris and I were from opposite sides of the same planet. Peter David and I are from different planets.
2: Uh. Okay. <laughs> well, <can laughs> fair you, enough, fair enough. Can yeah. you speak a little bit to the difference between like a really, truly great collaboration and like a truly great solo sort of project like is there a different feeling from that when you're working with someone and it feels like the whole is greater than the parts
5: i remember i remember mike grell summed it up perfectly uh years and years ago when he said that the best thing about writing for himself was that mike grell the writer never asked for anything that mike grell the artist couldn't draw (laughs) okay and uh, and I, I always thought that was a rather a brilliant observation because it's very true, you know. It's Like we do, kind of challenge each other. Howard Mackey, when he and I were doing uh, Spider-Man together, Howard would take great delight in in coming up with stuff that he knew would be hard for me to draw, and and I'd get his plot and and, and flip through it and I you know immediately fold him up and say, "You son of a bitch," you know. And it was uh, it was great because it was challenging me all the time, and, and I, I have to sort of constantly remind myself that as the the writer and artist, I do need to challenge. The, the The writer does need to challenge the artist just as much as would be the case if if it was two different people. So,
3: wow.
0: Speaking of the process, and uh, when you were working on, say, X Men. Were you working in the Marvel method, or was that a full script method? And then when that was, um,
3: it was,
5: it was kind of a warped version of, of the Marvel method. Uh, what happened was, we started out with uh, with plots. Chris and I had worked together uh, before on Iron Fist. Obviously, the first few issues of Iron Fist were done full script, and then the plots, and then the plots became simpler and simpler. And then on uh, on X Men, we started out with written plots. And then we ended up with what we call phone plots, which is where Chris and I would get on the phone and spend an awful lot of Marvel's money on, on long-distance phone calls. <laughs> and we'd work something out, and nothing would ever actually be on paper. Uh, I would call, say, Roger Stern, who was the editor, and say, okay, this is what we've got worked out. And Roger and I would pound uh, the, uh, the bumps out of it. And then I would draw it, and then that would go to Chris, and Chris would script it
0: so when you were working on on uh, completely written and you know when you were doing fantastic four how did you go about did you just sit down and and do those pages or did you write a script first and then go back and and,
5: and I've, I've, I've done when, when writing for myself i've done it just about every way you can imagine when i started on the fantastic four i uh, i would i would just come up with a plot and then i would draw the whole book and then i would script it just as if i was literally two different people the penciler and the writer um over the years i when i started doing my own lettering i started writing myself a full script first you know the computer lettering that i was doing um and over the years i found that that took me into some places where i shouldn't have gone it it began to get a little too novelistic and a little too wordy because i was sitting there writing rather than drawing and so on uh, stuff like Doom Patrol and uh, and the Demon. I went back to as if I was two different people, and 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 drew the whole thing first, and then went back and scripted it.
3: So this. Uh I've collaborated with John Byrne in many different ways.
2: Do you hate John Byrne? <laughs> oh,
5: John Byrne is such a fucker,
3: man. <laughs> no. We're yeah. going
2: to edit that out. Yeah, you know,
1: no, <laughs> no. That's <laughs> going to be a new bumper. That's,
0: <laughs> no, that's going to start the show, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, hey, we. we um, I, just in? John Byrne,
3: a fucker. <laughs> From John
1: Byrne. <laughs> Put that in the news this week. Um, people, people keep uh, uh, passing me notes here, so I'm actually going to have a couple people ask you some questions. So uh, the first one is uh, the manager at Dark Tower Comics, uh, Mr. Mark Beatty.
5: How are you
2: doing, Mr.
4: Byrne?
5: I'm good. How are you? I, I haven't the slightest. Um, yeah, I got It's
0: basically a two-part question. One is, uh, did you always have a lot of influence over whatever project you were doing? You know, as far back as like Iron Fist or Marvel Team Up, any of the books you did earlier. Um.
5: Did you, not so much, no. I mean when I started the term I, I use these days and I used to use back then is art robot. Uh I was strictly the art robot. Like when I was doing uh the Charlton stuff, uh space nineteen ninety nine and really in the chopper bunch, they would just send me scripts and I would I would draw it. Um, then came Doomsday Plus One and uh I, I made a couple of minor changes in in an issue. And I talked to the writer, Joe Gill, and I said, you know, I made a couple of minor changes. I hope you don't mind. When I was lettering it and and drawing it, and he said, oh, you know, do whatever you like. Change whatever you like. I don't care. So I said, okay, and uh, started just writing and rewriting and changing everything in sight. The early days on Iron Fist, Chris and I worked off full script, so I didn't have any input. And then slowly, a little bit more and more input. And then uh, again on... On X Men, we started out with written plots and then went to to the, the phone plots, and then toward the end, uh, when I started getting co-plotter credit, it was it was I was having more and more and more input. Um, so it's it's really been sort of over the arc of my career, I've had greater and greater input into what we're working on, up until just recently when, uh, really, kind of just to see if those muscles still work, I've been taking on projects that are uh, where, where i'm not writing it and like Dale simone for example on action comics we were working full script so i just took the script and drew what she told me to draw and that was a, that was kind of, kind of like uh oh well, how would you describe it it's kind of like something to refresh yourself between courses in a meal it, it, it really felt interesting it felt good to have a different part of my brain working so that here's a different set of artistic problems for me to solve not the not the kind of problems I would set for myself, but the kind of problems that somebody else will set for me. Problems not being used in a negative sense here, uh, and so you know it, it it has been a question of when do you drop into my career? At what point do you drop into the last thirty years? You'll probably get a different degree of how much I'm involved in the final product.
0: Well, before Mark's asks you the second part of that question, I, I wanted to touch because you you mentioned Gail and 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 the work you've done with her, and um, you know I I've very much enjoyed the first 3 issues of the all new adam and i was very sad to hear that that's all you're doing on that book why yeah, is that
5: the- that's how it turned out we weren't really sure going in how many i'd be there for um i knew i was doing startup um i thought maybe as with with uh action i might be there for 9 i might be there for 12 i might be there for 6 turned out to be 3 so
0: did you want to continue on with that? I mean, was that something that was that a decision by DC then?
5: Well, I I uh, I pretty much got to where where I felt about as far as I could go. I mean, I could have drawn another three issues, but uh, but it would have been uh, just for artistic continuity, really. That uh, the project um, had fulfilled all my needs within three issues.
0: Well, we uh, like I said, we I know. Everyone here has really enjoyed that so far. Yeah, so. it's my good. pick of the week. Yeah, it is Tom's <laughs> pick of the week. <laughs> oh really? Oh cool. <laughs> yeah. cool. Okay, Mark, you had an, another question. Yeah. the uh, The other part was basically uh, who Who did you enjoy working with in comics the most?
5: Archie Goodwin. I I only did those however many it was six or nine or whatever issues of Wolverine,
3: Wolverine yeah. uh,
5: with Archie. But boy, Archie Archie was just so damn good. Um, he was so professional. He was so smart. His stories were so clever. I remember I got his first script, uh, or his, uh, plot actually written plot for uh, for our first issue of Wolverine together, and just I, I read through it and just sat back and going, "Wow, you know this is this is what it's supposed to be." Everything was tight and precise, and there was no fat, and it
0: was just wonderful. You know, Archie was uh, Archie was great. Was there anybody you absolutely? Hated working with <laughs> why, why, why do you I, keep who did I hate well. working with?
5: John uh, Byrne. Well I've been a couple of jobs recently where I've been I won't name names, but I've been given full scripts by, by people who uh, really aren't familiar with the form uh comic books and, and it tends to be people who come from from outside and who come from writing movies and writing T V and stuff like that. And so they they, they write uh, a movie and, and they, they put all the stuff into it that a movie would have like the actors walking around and the camera moving around and basically make all the mistakes that, uh, that uh, a newbie comic book writer tends to make not realizing you know it's still there's something I was working on just the other day and I was talking to Terry Austin again about this and I said okay this guy's this guy's written me a scene where the main character is suddenly frozen in his tracks so he's not moving. You <laughs> mean, as opposed to every other panel. I <laughs> you know? said, so "Yeah, pretty much." You know, it's like yeah, there's, there's no there's... wavy
0: lines. There's no, you know. Yeah, well, if
5: you have to fall back on the cliches of putting a little point around the guy to <laughs> indicate <laughs> that he suddenly can't move, but it's funny to when you get these things. There was a uh, uh, that 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 fill-in issue of Hawkman that I did a couple years ago now. <laughs> And there was a scene in that where, in, in the script, where Hawkman comes out of an elevator, zooms out of an elevator, and flies between the legs of a guy who's standing in front of the elevator. What? what? <laughs> and and I, I got to that page and I, I kind of went, has, has this guy ever seen Hawkman? Does he know what Hawkman looks like? Uh, does he know that he's got these things the size of piano, grand piano tops strapped to his back? <laughs> So I cheated, you know, and didn't actually draw what he asked for. But I was really tempted to draw just Hawkman, the guy, and speed lines going between the guy's <laughs> legs, and let, uh, let the <laughs> readers figure out how the hell he did it without <laughs> knocking the guy over.
3: Nice.
1: We uh, uh, last week we talked with uh, Andy Parks, a uh, phenomenal anchor and, and writer, and uh, the topic was multi-purpose creators, and we got on the subject of of people that that do both write and draw Mm -hmm. and and the subject of of tv and movie writers and novelists that are now writing comics came up and and andy was was very adamant about you know comics are their own medium and you really have to work within what comics do and really understand that to achieve what you want to
5: that's very very true that's absolutely true far too many people especially these guys who are coming in from hollywood they, uh, they think that, you know, I can write. I've written a su- successful TV show. Therefore, I can write comics. Comics is easy. Well, no, comics have their own language. And it's different. It, it sort of looks like a movie. kind of looks like a storyboard. But it isn't. I mean, you know, over my career, I've had people say, Oh, John, you should go to Hollywood and do storyboards. And I say, I'm not, I'm not trained to do storyboards. You know, can you imagine watching a movie where the camera moves around as much as it does on a page that I've drawn, you'd be seasick. (laughs) You know, I'm having to have the camera dodge and weave and jump and bounce because I'm trying to create dynamics on a flat page. So it's a whole different. Movies and, and comics and TV and comics, they're close cousins, but they're not the same, and people don't understand that.
1: That's a perfect way of saying it. Well, we have a uh, we have another one of our forum members that's come in. This is uh, Dustin Drace here in uh,
4: in Chicago. So, Dustin, you had a question for Mr. Byrne. Uh, hi, Mr. Byrne. How you doing? Hi there. Um, you'd mentioned uh, working on Wolverine, and as a couple people had posted on the forum. Um, essentially, um, right before you came on, Wolverine was almost set to die. Uh, they were going to kill him off as a character, and I think that you know between you and, and Dave Cockrum, you guys really uh, brought him as a character to uh, to life. Um, was he a character that you were particularly fond of? I mean, obviously he's become a, a major staple in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, do you feel that you had a, a, a hand in that?
5: Well, the funny, the funny part about that was that when I first started on the X-Men, um, the, the, the star of the book was Nightcrawler. Uh, Nightcrawler was, was Dave's favorite character. He was a character he created <laughs> and he was getting all the focus and Chris and Dave, uh, really said they, they couldn't figure out what to do with wolverine they just didn't have a clue what to do with wolverine so they weren't they weren't going to kill him off because you didn't kill characters off in those days but they were going to have him leave they were going to have him get him out of the book have him go back to canada or whatever and i sort of wrapped myself in the flag and said you're not going to get rid of the only canadian <laughs> you know uh, that was important to me back then i've lived He's in the states now out. longer than i lived in canada so my opinions have shifted but uh I, I basically said, no, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get rid of the only Canadian. I'll show you what's interesting about this character. And I sort of, every book I do, I adopt a character to be my character in the book. In the case of the X Men, it was Wolverine, and you know, I look back now and. And regret it, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah and, mea culpa, and 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 after, mea culpa, you know it's, uh, it's all my fault oh, a,
1: after God. after you found a way to use him, everyone <laughs> else found a way to use him
3: too,
5: yeah <laughs> well, well Howard Chicken has, has always said that the 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 death of comics is all my fault because i'm I'm the one who created this this sort of way of thinking superstar marvel d c whatever it is that we live in these days. And I go, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not there. it. That wasn't me.
0: (laughs) Well, have you seen any of the X-Men movies that have come out? And if so, what do you think about them?
5: I haven't seen the third one because I wait for cable. Um, I've seen the first two. I thought there were some some moments. uh, When they do do comic book adaptations, uh, just in general, it, it tends to be I sit there and watch it, and there'll be one moment, and I'll go, oh, damn you know if only the whole movie had been like that and it's often little things like uh, in the first one i i thought that magneto's plastic prison was absolutely brilliant and i sat there going damn why didn't we think of that that's so cool but i thought they were horribly miscast and uh and and just not very good movies i thought and it was Sort of fun to see, you know, here's what Cyclops' beam would look like, okay, but but here's Wolverine being six foot four and a pretty boy, which isn't really what I had in mind for the character. And then, of course, at the end of the second one, when there was that suggestion of Phoenix, and a number of people online and, and at cons, they said, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be Dark Phoenix. What do you think of that? you think that's cool? And I and I, and I sort of said, well, it's, it's going to depend on whether it's like, um, like the first Spider-Man movie, where they take a story that was... Two years in the making and turn it into two hours and give it a happy ending. You know, so I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if they do that.
1: Uh, uh, well, uh, no, hold, hold, hold on. We love the comic movies and you know just because you know we grew up watching or you know reading this stuff and it's finally a chance Mm -hmm. for us to see it and we've even said before the movie can stink but we still love it because it's a chance for us to to see it um did 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 you see sin city or were you ever a fan of
5: that i saw Sin city sin city i will forever hold up anytime some bozo from hollywood says well you know we have to make changes i'm going to pull out sin city and say no you don't.
1: <laughs> Bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. No,
5: because Sin City is, is that's it. That's what they should be doing with comic book movies. And they come close every once in a while. I mean, I liked Batman Begins. I hate the rubber suit, but I liked everything else about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's it, it can be there. And there were even elements of of, of the the Spider Man movies. I, I I liked what they did with the costume. I remember saying online that when I saw the first trailer uh, I was blown away because all the times I've drawn that character, and it had never occurred to me how fast he would be going when he's swinging between the buildings and that was that was extraordinary, and that was amazing And there was a nice little bit in the in the second one. I've drawn Dr Octopus a hundred times, and I'm always trying to figure out how he can do all the stuff he's doing because he's basically just a guy, you know soft, mushy bones and flesh and I noticed in the in the scene where the very first scene where he, he he throws the cab back down the street and he's braced himself two of his arms have gone back behind him and braced him and i said oh you see they're thinking it out that's mm-hmm. really cool and that's those moments that i talk about where i look at him and I say oh man if only the whole movie had been like that
3: yeah.
5: well, so I'm, I'm real grumpy i'm a real uh <laughs> a real um purist about these things i want them to be literal translations of the comics
2: well,
1: I, I, a lot of times you can't do that. And I think that that Michael um, is a is it I always mispronounce his name, Shaban or Chaven. I I, I I think his, his screenplay for the second Spider-Man movie was fantastic, and uh, for a wide audience anyway. So, um, Sal.
0: Well, I was just going to say it could have been worse, and you know, Wolverine could have a British accent like you did, or an Australian <laughs> an Australian accent <laughs> like, accent like, like the the cartoon. In the, yeah, in the
3: cartoon. <laughs> I'm Matt
0: Fraction, and this is uh, Around Comics, and it's a podcast that you listen to on your pod, and it's casted to your pod, and you can listen to it, and it's sweet. And
5: I, I love it, and I love you.
0: Um, I was going to ask you about, uh, about Captain America, and more specifically about Bucky. Uh, I know reading on your form you had talked about when you and Roger Stern were working on Cap, you had, you had thought about the idea of bringing Bucky back, and then quickly decided not to. I don't yeah. know if you're aware, but Ed Brubaker spoilers has recently <laughs> brought Bucky back. Oh yes,
5: I know, I know. Nobody dies forever. I'm waiting for Uncle Ben to star in Tales of the Zombie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he well, hey, sp- hey, what you
1: you, you brought Paw Kent back? So and well,
5: Iron- I he brought him brought- back. My version, he didn't die. Okay, well, the, okay. <laughs> well, you did bring Iron
2: Fist then. back. Yellow booties and all. Ah.
5: Well, Iron Fist had such a crappy death. Come on. <laughs> you know, he, he gets beaten to death while he's asleep? Come on, man. I said, no way. Not for, not for the Kun Moon kid. No. Well,
1: are you aware that there is a new uh, The Immortal Iron Fist series getting ready to come out again? No. No. The, it's uh, Ed Brubaker by the guy who brought back Bucky by the guy who brought back Bucky. <laughs> um, which we are, we are big Ed Brubaker fans and uh, and actually if you if you do have a chance to read how Ed brought back Bucky, I I thought it was done very well. So I, I'd be interested to to hear your comments on it if you ever have the chance to to, to read. Well,
5: it. see the problem though. Here's the problem. This is why Roger and I decided not to bring back Bucky. We had a we had a really good poignant. Rip your heart out and, and, and throw it on the horn, stomp on it way of bringing back Bucky. But then we sat back and we said, the problem with this is, it's not bulletproof. Somebody's gonna come along a year later, five years later, ten years later, and, and like plug Bucky into cybernetic armor or something like that and, and, and turn <laughs> him into a character and, and that's not what we want. So when you bring a character back, It really doesn't matter how well it's done. What matters is what do they do with it from there. Yeah.
1: So. You know, at at a certain level, you you hopefully can you know I I guess you have to have a certain amount of trust for the people that are going to follow you, and I know that's hard to do in in an industry like comics.
5: Well, I I, you know I used to I used to be very trusting and and wide-eyed and and bushy-tailed and. And, and you may remember I did a story in the Fantastic Four where I had Terrax consumed by the power cosmic and I figured you know that's about as dead as you're ever going to get he's, he's he's actually been consumed by what is the, the, the driving force of Galactus this guy ain't coming back well they brought him back they brought him back in another book and they did it by basically saying he got better
3: <laughs> nice
5: you know and and I sat there and I looked at that. It was in what was that book called? Um, not Teen Titan. New, New Warriors. Well, yeah, right, mm-hmm. New Warriors. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, if, if if you can do that, then literally nothing is bulletproof. And of course, you know, didn't they bring back uh, Reed and Sue's second child? You know.
0: I don't uh, know. I haven't. I haven't read I haven't Fantastic, read fantastic Force since Force you since stopped you doing it. it. <laughs>
5: So unfortunately, it's not even a nothing lot. is bulletproof, and uh, this this isn't new either. I mean, when I was when I was working on the Champions, we did a story involving a, a character or, or, or a threat that had appeared in, in a Silver Surfer story. One of the best Silver Surfer stories that Stan and John Lucema did, where this this noble black guy sacrificed his life to save the entire world by disarming this bomb, and in the process, the whatever radiations from the bomb kill him. You know, and, the surfer buries him and puts a, puts a uh, eternal flame on his grave, and the guy's name was Al B. Harper. And in The Champions, when I had no control, I was just the art robot, they did a story where the bomb came back. The bomb was reactivated, and the bomb was threatening the world again. And I said, my God, you know, Al B. Harper died in vain. You, you just gutted this this wonderful, poignant, heart-wrenching story that Stan and John Muthemite did. It's just bad. to do this little thing that was drawn by this hack artist, you know, it was uh, it was sad. It was terrible. I, I complained about it, but nobody listened to me back then because I was just a hack artist. Um, but, and that's that's the problem, you know. As I say, you just you just can't make anything bulletproof unless it's creator owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's the difference between Sin City and Electra. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if, if Stan kills, if Frank kills somebody in. Sin city they're going to stay dead until he changes his mind but if if frank kills electra three or four times in daredevil when he leaves well, you know, they might wait a while but oops, look electra's back
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, um, you you were a part of the uh, um the original one of those i mean you know phoenix i mean you know you kind of have to expect it from her name but you know we're what four or five times now
5: that's oh yeah well we used to say uh the main reason that we ultimately did that story where uh where Jean Grey was revealed not to have been Phoenix, uh, and Jean came back, number one, they, they, they liked the idea of having Jean be with the original team in X-Factor. Mm-hmm. But we reached a point, I remember we used to say around the office, Chris had done so many Phoenix stories since her death. I mean, even the Teen Titans uh, X-Men book was a Phoenix story. That
3: was great. Yeah. He'd
5: done so many that we used to say that Phoenix was the least dead character in comics (laughs) um and it it, you know the whole Death of Phoenix thing which people talk about as being so so, oh my god it's so amazing it's so incredible well it would have been if it had been just that one story and had been left alone thereafter but it wasn't bulletproof so Chris brought her back a thousand times and everybody else has brought her back a thousand
1: times what's, what's been your favorite death in comics
5: my favorite death in comics um well, the Albie Harper one that I was just talking about was pretty <laughs> powerful. Um, there was one one that really like messed with my head when I was a kid was uh, when Franklin Storm died, uh, Johnny and Sue's father. That was uh, probably the first time that I'd seen a character die nobly and heroically on camera uh, before. We'd uh, we'd seen stuff like Joel and Lara die, but it's Sort of off in the distance there, and uh, Jonathan, uh, uh, Martha Wayne die, but it's uh, 20 years before the, 30 years before the story even starts. But uh, I remember the I was what like 13, 14 when uh, Franklin Storm died, and that that
1: that messed me up somewhat. You know, oh my God, he's actually dead. Yeah. I was Uh-oh. always a, a fan of the death of Captain Marvel. I think has been one of the mm. the best the best kept dead characters in comics
5: yeah the problem was thanos died at the same time and he came back
1: (laughs) yeah thanos is just too cool though you know jim Jim starlin wouldn't let him die
5: (laughs) you have to be careful with the coolness factor you know it's like if if the coolness factor starts to rule and you you get people saying well you know wolverine could defeat galactus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Batman could defeat Galactus if he knew yeah. Galactus was going to attack ahead of time. <laughs> if he could get Given ready enough had time, time, you know, enough time okay. to put the, a plan well, together. Well,
2: speaking
0: about something that's coming back, sort of from the dead, um, there's a new, not Alpha Flight, but Omega Flight coming out. And I know you've sort of talked in the past about maybe not your fondness of Alpha Flight to begin with, but I know a lot of fans, myself included... Those first 12 issues of Alpha Flight were they're awesome. They were they were, <laughs> you know, great stuff and and ever since then there there hasn't really been an Alpha Flight book that
1: has captured the imagination that that first initial run did.
5: I tell you, I have no idea what I was doing right in Alpha Flight because people come up to me and say how great it was and how terrific it was and I think it's one of the worst periods for my art and uh, Wow. Not a particularly inspired period for my uh, for my writing.
2: Well, we don't like it anymore, then.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've already heard from you. Well, yeah. you know, we we're, we're,
2: we're, were just
1: talking about, you know, comic book deaths, and I was talking with Sal. We, we worked together, and I was talking to him at work today, that, you know, one of my favorite comic book deaths, and probably the first time I remember a character, you know, a death of a character affecting me so much, was when Mac, you know, McDonald, Died yeah. in issue Guardian. 12. Yeah. And, and that was that was a pretty bulletproof way of killing him. I mean, you.
3: You'd it, think. You, yeah. you would think. You know, it's like, it's like it's like it's
1: like okay, this guy is dead. There is no way he's ever coming back. And yeah. I thought it was a great plot tool. And reading some reading your response, it, you thought he was a very uninteresting character. Yeah. And and his death was a way of making the other characters more interesting. Yeah. You know.
5: Yeah. Yeah, my the 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 line I used at the time was that the, the least the death of the least interesting character generated the most interesting plot line.
1: It was Thunderbird.
5: Th- <laughs> 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 Poor old Thunderbird. Oh,
2: <laughs> two issues and then goes out like that. Well, they didn't bring him
1: back. Yeah. They just brought his brother yeah. back, so. Till died. Well, I, I don't know if you fair. know this
5: story, but uh, Thunderbird is, is the reason Kitty Pride is named Kitty Pride.
3: Really? How's that for uh, how's that for obtuse? Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, 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 I'm
1: I'm intrigued. Chris
5: Chris hated killing Thunderbird because he was basically taking over from Len Len Ween on on that, and Len had already plotted out the first few issues, and Len wanted Thunderbird to die in order to indicate that there was a there was a definite threat in order to say to the to the readers. This is different from the first time. You know, they're not going to go drifting through blithely beating bad guys and never getting hurt. People are going to get hurt. People are going to die. And Chris hated having to kill this character because it wasn't his idea to kill him. And as long as, from then on, basically, as long as Dave was on the book, as long as I was on the book, probably even after, Chris kept saying, we got to find a way to bring Thunderbird back. We've got to find a way to bring Thunderbird back. So we um, we were coming up with this idea for what Shooter ultimately dismissed as the Legion of Substitute X-Men, uh, that there would be a bunch of new characters. And I had come up with this, this character, this girl who walked through walls, and she didn't have a, a, a real name or a power name yet. She just had a look and, uh, and, and her powers. And, and Chris said, well, whatever she does, let's call her Thunderbird. And I said, geez, this is is a 14-year-old girl who walks through walls. What does that have to do with Thunderbird, you know, the name Thunderbird? I'm I'm a big believer that names should reflect the characters. But that put the idea of giving her a bird name in my head. So I, I, I made a little list, and I was writing down things like, you know, Kitty Hawk, I wrote. And I went, oh, no, you know, not Kitty Hawk. Kitty Pride, because I had known this gal in college who was named Kitty Pride and one time I, when I first met her, I said, what a great comic book name, you know, that's, that's such a terrific comic wow. book name, and she said, oh, you know, feel free to use it, boy, does she regret that.
2: Oh, I and, bet. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of but, greasy guys but walking up to her.
5: As a result <laughs> of Chris wanting to bring back Thunderbird and saying, let's call this new character Thunderbird, that's how she ended up getting called Kitty Pride. Wow.
0: <laughs> I- now, uh, I, I went to high school <laughs> with a girl whose name was Candy Darlin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I always
0: told her she was going to be a stripper, but I don't know.
5: <laughs> now, uh, well, can, can There used to be an editor oh. at Marvel whose name was Mark Powers, and I always said that was the greatest comic book name in the history of the universe. You know, Mark Powers. Yes, who do you turn into at night? Uh, <laughs> and his father.
1: answer was... Get back to work. Mr. Powers. Yeah, basically,
5: yeah. <laughs> Mr. Powers. I just
3: turn into my driveway and go to sleep. <laughs> nice.
1: Well, K- Kitty Pride was from Deerfield, Illinois, which is a northwest suburb of Chicago. Were you living yeah. in Chicago at the time when you were working on X-Men?
5: No, actually, I was living in Calgary. then. Uh, oh. I hadn't moved to the States yet, but uh, I, I, I wanted her to not be from New York. And I why said, what
1: Deerfield? <laughs> There's nothing well, there but
5: said, a mall. I said, let's put her in Chicago. And Chris, as Chris was wont to do, I think he had a cousin or something who lived in Deerfield. Oh, okay. So, so he made it Deerfield. And I said, "Well, okay, as long as it's not New York." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it, we talk about the the New York dynamic in comics. We always feel like Chicago gets shafted because yeah. you know there there should be more superheroes in Chicago.
3: They definitely
5: should. I mean, if you if you think about it logically, uh, I think we Stern and I calculated one time that the superhero population of Marvel was the Marvel Earth was about one in a million or super powered was about one in a million and so you know how many what's the population of Chicago these
1: days? Uh, about eight, ten million yeah. metro.
5: Yeah. So there should be eight or ten superheroes running around there, right?
1: We have zero. We get like that the, you we, know yeah, of <laughs> we get like the Problem Great is, the Great Lake Avengers. I mean, come on.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, the, and know, they're in Wisconsin. They were,
5: they were supposed to be goofy and ultimately become cool but didn't last, unfortunately. I didn't last. But uh, the problem always comes down to the fact that the comic book industry is centered in New York, and most of the people who were doing the creation of characters when it was important to do so lived in New York. I mean, people still live mostly in New York. Even I, I'm sitting here in Connecticut. I'm about 26 miles from New York, you know, so...
1: It's funny. One of uh, Dustin, who just asked you a question earlier, uh, pulled out of a box uh, West Coast Avengers number forty. Oh, you brought it with you? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> West, West Coast Avengers number forty-six, which is the Great Lakes Avengers Assemble issue. So, yeah. <laughs> so always, always big fans of the Great Lake Avengers here in the Midwest.
0: So, uh, Sal? Uh, well, we had uh, David Price, who uh, is is one of our listeners. He had posted on our huge forum. fan. Huge fan of yours. He he, he wanted to know, uh, what has been the work you are most proud of uh, during your time as a professional comic book?
5: Well, uh, yeah, that. well, it tends to be chunks of work, and you know, it tends to be runs on books. Um, I'm very proud of my work on, on Fantastic Four, obviously. Um, one of the things that I, I enjoyed the most and still point to uh, as being particularly proud of is the first eight issues of She-Hulk. Uh, I I think that's some of my best my best work, and I've done some stuff. You know, I mentioned Batman and Captain America recently. Uh, That was a lot of fun, and and, uh, the generations, the two, three generations series have been a lot of fun. They're they're all, uh, you know, I, I do like to say that there's there's nothing out there that I'm ashamed of because everything is the best work that I was capable of doing at the time I did it. But you can still pick the. One or two diamonds here and there, and those those would be very high on
0: the list. Well, speaking of She-Hulk, you know there were there were two other things as I was trying to get ready for for speaking <laughs> with you that, and I kept like going over your previous work and going, wow, you know it's funny how there was some stuff that you did years ago that, you know, either got canceled or you know, you had problems with, you know, She-Hulk being one of them. And then the other one, you know, was was North Star being a gay character that you really couldn't ever talk about openly. And now we see a She-Hulk that pretty much follows the pattern that you created with (coughs) She-Hulk. And we see press releases of great gay characters coming out. Any feelings on either of those two things? I mean, how it's sort of ironic that, you know, however many years ago now that it was that you seem to have controversy about those things and now it's it's <laughs> we, you know,
1: we're,
5: we were being ahead of the curve again
1: <laughs> we, we were actually going to create a segment for the interview and call it i told you so yeah john byrne i told you so
5: <laughs> well I've been, you know i look at some of the stuff that's coming out of marvel these days and i feel like i'm still plotting over there it's uh, <laughs> kind of scary but she uh, uh, hulk i i'm Uh, I haven't really, you know, I I don't read the stuff, so I haven't really looked at what's going on. I've been hearing good things about it. Mm -hmm. Um, The gay characters, of course, yes, we should have lots of gay characters. We should have a a huge diversity of characters. We should have everything you can possibly imagine. I mean, that's why I created Box. Here's a a guy with his legs cut off. Let's make him a superhero. Mm -hmm. Um, It was funny. There was an article in the New York Times a few weeks ago about this this gay Batwoman, and mm-hmm. it went on and on about what a what a bold move forward it was, and what a giant stuff, and there's only been a couple of gay characters before, and I read through it and I said, gosh, you know, I created the first gay superhero, and I'm not mentioned anywhere in this <laughs> article.
3: Wasn't
1: that, what, Rawhide Kid or Two-Gun Kid? No. Well, yeah,
5: well, that's part of the problem, too, is that you get that... Uh, you know, Rawhide Kid was gay, therefore he becomes the first gay character. Well, no, it, <laughs> no, it didn't work that way. That was retcon. I was wish that rat-conned. the
2: Joker was kind of bad.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, I remember people telling me that uh, Kitty Pride was the first Jewish superhero, and people would say, no, he, no, she wasn't. Colossal Boy was the first Jewish superhero. I said, no, Colossal Boy became Jewish after Kitty was created. <laughs> yeah. He was revealed to be Jewish. It's not the same. It's like Ben Grimm being revealed to be Jewish, which is... Makes a whole lot of sense to me that Ben Grimm would be Jewish, but it doesn't make him the first Jewish superhero.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't retcon to the first.
5: Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, even
1: though it's you know, comics is all about retconning, and uh, yeah. always kind of always. It's like people
5: been. have uh, people have chided me for for Man of Steel, saying that uh, well, this means Superman wasn't the first superhero anymore. And
3: I go, yes, he was.
5: <laughs> you know, for God's sake, no one I went didn't and travel burnt back your in time and kill Siegel and <laughs> Uh,
1: well, yeah. you said at the beginning or at some point in the show that you love time travel stories, so... I
2: do. <laughs> Someone goes back in time and wrecks all those old books, and then... You That's know, right. Oh, That's uh, right. I'm going to
5: go back in time and... And then I'll be able to say things like, well, you know, when Stan and I were creating the
1: X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on the on the I told you so, um, do you have any, any nuggets of, of wisdom for uh, today's comic book readers or young creators coming up to, you know, minds that they may want to uh, sidestep that, that you see that may be laying out there? You
5: know, it's, it's harder to do it these days um, because the industry changes so fast, like from minute to minute, it doesn't seem to be the same industry anymore. Back when I was when I was being the great prophet uh, um, <laughs> the Stern great Stern and powerful used me, Oz. Stern used to call me Jiminy Cricket actually. He said I was the Jiminy Cricket of the of the industry. Like the conscience of the industry. And it used to be easier to look forward and, and, and say well, like when when the direct sales market was introduced and Marvel and D C both started putting more and more product into the direct sales market, and I, and I stood there going, You're closing doors, guys. You know, you're closing doors that will not open again. And that was easy to see, I thought, and easy to predict. Um, so I, I remember describing it as, as it was as if the whole comic book industry was in a, in a car careening down a cliff road in a thunderstorm, and I was sitting in the back seat going, You think we should pull over? You know, you think we should slow down? And everybody else was going, No, this is a great ride. This is terrific. And then the car went off the cliff. And they all turned to me and said, okay, now what do we do? I would say, back there when we were still on the road, I I could tell you what to do. But now, and that's pretty much where I find myself now, I look at the industry and say, well, golly, if, if if I had a time machine, yes, I could fix the industry. I could go back and say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other thing, all of which I predicted at the time. And I'd make people listen to me. But uh, now, God, I don't know. I don't know what to warn people off from.
1: Well, you know, I, I look at the industry now, and while it doesn't have the great sales numbers that it did, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, I think the actual craft of comic book making has maybe never been as as strong from, from a whole picture. I, I think that if you look at the at the industry from a very wide lens, mm-hmm. that, that the The overall level is very high right now.
5: I would agree. I would agree. Um, Oddly enough, though, I see that as a part of the problem Um, because it's that it's an (laughs) overemphasis on a part of the production that has never been as important as it is now. The the, the craft was always well. Let's let's face it. It was always secondary to getting the damn books out on time, Mm -hmm. and we have seen the craft become. More important than getting the damn books out on time, and I think that's been ultimately very damaging. You know, you can't you can't build a readership, you can't build a marketplace if the product isn't there. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where you wish it wasn't an either or, but the, the history of the industry seems to teach otherwise that 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 you can have these spectacularly, beautifully drawn, crafted, amazing books like we see. But you can't have them if you if you want a monthly product, and and that's what this is really supposed to be. Can't wait until the next podcast. Be sure to check out AroundComics.com dot com for breaking news, reviews, and opinions. What
0: is it about comics that have kept you excited for thirty years? Why do you keep drawing?
5: Oh God, I just I don't know. I'm just there's an eight year old kid who lives in my head. And every time I sit down at the drawing board, he just he just freaks out. It's 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 hard to describe. But I said on my website uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I tried to 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 put it into words by saying, you know, here I am. I've read comics on and off these days, but I've read comics for for 50 years, and now I'm going, doing them, and I've been doing them for the last 30 years or so, and when I sit down at the drawing board and draw Batman it's really Batman it's it's not me doodling in my sketchbook I'm you know, working on this JLA story for example I draw Batman I draw Green Lantern I draw black canary it's really those characters these this is actually these people who are running around in this imaginary universe doing this stuff it's the guys I used to read about when I was a kid and and to get to I was to get to play with, with those toys, boy, it does just anytime I get I and mean, start to feel bored or start to feel like it's drifting away, I just I just have to sit back and well look at the original art that's hanging on the wall of my studio and say, that's that's me now. I'm I'm a part of that and it's just amazing. I mean, whether it's whether it's deserved or not, I can sit back and say, I left a permanent mark on the Fantastic Four and Superman and the X Men. Some people will say it was like a dog lifting his leg and leaving a permanent mark, but nevertheless, (laughs) I left a permanent mark, and and, and I'm I'm now wrapped into that legend. Boy, you you can't imagine how exciting that is.
1: Well, I tell you what, I... um I spend quite a bit of time over at the the Image Creator boards. They're um, a great great collection of, of young creators there, and there's usually not too much time that passes that your name isn't isn't mentioned by one of them. I was at the uh, the B. Claymore forum, and he had found a very early cover that you had done, and and posted it, and it's you know it was. You know you have to look closely to find the signature here, but you know see if you can figure out who it was and the all of the the image creators that went through that post you know kind of immediately recognized it and then they kind of started reminiscing about some of their John Byrne moments growing up so you know that that same eight year old kid that you say is inside of you that you know is so excited about drawing these characters. I think that you had that effect on a new a new generation of creators that, you know, what they grew up reading was you. And I think that impact is, is very tangible out there.
5: That's, that's gratifying. I, I, it's, always, it's always pleasing when people come up and say, you know, you were a great inspiration to me, and it's because of you I'm, I'm doing this. And people say, you know, it's because of you. I, 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 I'm a comic book artist, and I usually respond by saying, it's all my fault. But, uh, yeah, it, it's very gratifying. Um, you know, I I I'd like to think that maybe Jack Kirby felt the same way when I said that to him. You know, yeah. uh, Because of you,
1: man. It's because of you. I spend about two hundred bucks a uh, month
5: yeah. on this well, crap. I think. I think <laughs> yeah.
2: tied yeah. into that question. How much can you bench press?
5: <laughs> how much can I bench press? I can
2: just to lighten can, it up a bit.
5: Be, I can barely lift my own weight to get up out of my chair.
2: <laughs> <know>? <laughs> well,
0: I just want to say, uh, personally, from me that. When I was a kid, I I wanted to be John Byrne when I grew up. I mean, that's who <laughs> I wanted I I wanted No, to, you don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I wanted to draw like John Byrne. I wanted to draw yeah. like you. That was my dream, and unfortunately, I didn't have nearly the talent or dedication to ever get there, but... Nonetheless, it, your too busy work doing will always. Podcasts. Yeah, I was too busy <laughs> recording myself in an eight track or something. But. How,
1: how many times did you draw the now it's my turn uh, Wolverine picture? I don't and know. I'm talking I, to the rest of the panel here. I probably, I probably drew that panel a hundred times as a kid, just at least that.
2: I'm the best at what I'm do, what I do, but unfortunately, that's being an accountant, <laughs> not an artist. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, enough kissing John Burns' ass. Um, I have a forum post. Another uh, Matt S in Wisconsin. He asked, uh, or he said, I-, I enjoyed your prose work, especially Whipping Boy. Any other novels in the works?
5: Oh God, I've got like twenty or thirty novels in the works. It seems like it was ranging from you know a hundred pages to just one sentence. Sitting on my hard drive, but but none of them feel like they're going to be the next one. That's the big problem. Uh, when when uh, when the novels happen, they just seem to sort of pour out of me, and and bang! Suddenly, I've written 250 pages, or in the case of Whipping Boy, I wrote 750 pages. But yeah, I, I hope there's a few more novels.
1: All right. um, We've got another uh, post from Equinox here. It says, uh, John, how, if at all, has your art style changed over the years due to the digital tools that have become much more prevalent in comics? Do you still draw everything on paper, or have you implemented any digital rendering processing into your art? Well, I guess the
5: biggest change that's happened in that direction is is the integration of of, uh, 3D models. 3D computer models that I started doing uh, a few years ago. Um, I did it mostly on, on generations. did it a fair bit on, on uh, hidden years, where I built you know, a whole fleet of Batmobiles. And that was basically just me being well, anal retentive, where I, I said, you know, if I build a Batmobile that looks like a drawing of a Batmobile, I can print it out and paste it in, and the car will look the same no matter what direction we're looking at it from. 'Cause it always bugs me when you draw it freehand and in this panel the hood looks three feet longer than it does in that panel kind of thing. So I, I, I think that's probably the, the, the single greatest because you know I don't do my own coloring and I still do work in pencil and pen on on, on paper, so um that's probably the, the, the biggest impact that the the digital world has had on my work. Uh, Good to hear. <laughs> I'm just trying to fill it, yeah. We're all desperately looking for questions. Yeah. I just have to fill that out we the day. Any we're we're
3: looking over. through all your... We've got uh, the omnibus r- out r- here. And it's like, oh, man, that looks so cool. Um.
2: Oh, Wolverine's claws were slightly shorter in issue number... Uh, <laughs> can you talk to that for a little bit? Oh, no, no.
5: Nothing like God, that. God, you know, I, I, but I get questions like that. I really do. People oh, we, will we'll we look for the There's the, a the, the substrata of a fandom that... that seems to genuinely believe that every single thing that happens in a comic book is planned out, and they want to know why. Uh, it was like when I was doing Man of Steel, we got this one letter from this guy very sincerely asking if Man of Steel was one of the things that Siegel and Schuster had planned. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. They did actually. They left a, a memo that said, and, and you know, and in 1986, hire some hotshot to revamp it because it's probably going to need it by then. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, yeah. After crisis, of course. Yeah, after crisis. Yeah. yeah.
5: After crisis. <laughs> and uh, people, people will, will genuinely ask those questions. Like, well, Wolverine's claws are are apparently longer in this panel than they are in the previous one. Were well, you trying to indicate that he was? Kind of withdrawing, or he was
2: you know, less potent, or what? You know?
5: Yes. We're, we're no, I just goofed.
2: <laughs> it's the sun also rises, of well, like here, comic here books. Here is, here is a really
1: <laughs> geeky fanboy question. Were you responsible for making the claws, like, a part of him, as opposed to, like, coming out of the, the gloves? Okay,
5: right. No, that was uh, that was Chris and Nate. Okay, okay. That was in, like, I think X-Men... Ninety-nine or something. Oh, okay, that was... Come
2: on, Chris. Really bring some good questions. <laughs> that was weak. It was before
0: issue 108. away, uh. was
1: first one. So Um... All right, guys, are are we are we all
0: wrapped up? Well, you know, I was just, I was just gonna say again, you know, we've been talking to him for two hours, and I'm just a little disappointed. You know, I expect he has like pissed the, anyone the, the off. Crazy John <laughs> Burn, everybody talks about. The g- he he seems somewhat lucid. I he's know he's mad. not like this crazy old man and just rotten kids and yelling, screaming. He's you know intelligent. You haven't wabbed the
1: phone with your cane once. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs>
5: Uh, I, need, I need to get off the phone though, you know, because I've got these babies boiling on the stove. <laughs> up there, they, they must be done by now.
1: You have to go skin the rest yeah, of the puppies. Down, you
5: know. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, yeah, like right. nitroglycerin; you just take it off the top. You know, nice. We got one, we more? Have one, one more. more question. Question. One more. One more. Last question. One more. Question. One more
4: question. John, I, I just wanted to s- find out
1: how
0: soon will DC be publishing your collaboration with? Uh, Roger Stern on
2: JLA. I saw the pencil scans you had put up there, and they looked phenomenal.
5: We we don't know yet when it's going to come out. It's <clears throat> it's a five parter, and uh, I've done the first three, and I think Roger has scripted the first one. And Carlin says when when Roger gets the first three fully scripted, we're going to schedule it. Uh, it's that wacky idea of having like the whole thing done before you schedule it. What a crazy idea! Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we don't we don't actually know. I, I I very much doubt that it will be this year at this point because here we are in in September. You know, maybe the first issue might get out by December, but I kind of doubt it at this point. Um, is
1: is there anything else that we can look for here coming up? Yeah what's on the what's on the the John Byrne burner right mm-hmm. now?
5: Well. Not a lot. I mean, I've got this little ten-page story that I'm doing more or less as a favor to the writer. Um, That'll probably be coming out around Christmas since it's a Christmas story. Uh, But I I mentioned on my website that, uh, having finished on the Atom, I decided that uh, I'd sort of might be fun to sort of pull back and clean the pipes and concentrate on some of these commissions that I've been having a lot of fun with and just just do that for a while. And if somebody comes along and says, "Hey," Do you want to, do you want to do this like somebody was talking to me a few weeks ago about a, a possible Batman two-parter and if that actually comes to the point where the editor says would you like to do this I probably will you know because I always love Batman Absolutely. but right now I'm uh, I'm turning into this old guy who, who who like gets up at eight o'clock instead of 5:30 you know <laughs> it's it's really kind of strange I'm living in this the sort of zone that I always wanted to get to and now that I'm here it's, it's it's strange and weird and it makes me feel odd I'm not <laughs> having to chase deadlines constantly but it's, it's also fun
0: hey, could you see yourself ever working on, on a monthly book for a prolonged period of time again or is that
5: yeah I think so uh, if the right project came along I've been talking to uh, a European publisher also about doing a graphic novel adaptation of a famous novel, which I won't mention any more about because that's as, as far as it's gone, and uh, a couple of other bits and pieces, and we've been negotiating some, some reprints of Next Men, and if that if those sell reasonably well, that might be the indication I need that I can bring that back and finally do the last 20 issues.
2: Yes, please. Well, please, I'm please, really please. looking forward to that Harry Potter graphic novel, then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing. Am I right? I always,
5: uh, I always felt that I was right for that book. <laughs> well, I tell you,
1: I tell you what, guys. On on that note, John Byrne on Harry Potter, we're gonna <laughs> we're going to uh, to let the the poor man go after we have uh, uh, sucked up uh, his entire Friday evening. Mister Byrne, thank you so much, not just for spending some time with us tonight, but. Uh, for really everything that you've done in the last 30 years to, to shape, uh, you know, me personally, my views on what a comic should be. And... Uh you Sounds like you're
2: going to ask him for money
1: next. And will you?
3: Will you marry me? Can I borrow twenty? <laughs> so
5: this is this is where I get to say all my fault, huh? Yes, yes, all, all your fault, all your absolutely. Fault. But we
2: don't hold it against you at all. We wow. we really appreciate sort it. Sort of. And, uh, it depends on what Wolverine's in next. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. I see. I don't. I don't. If
0: get Wolverine, Wolverine pops
2: up in the Flash. I'm yeah. be pissed. Civil War. I'm with Shaken. <laughs> so. yeah. All right. Well, thank Mr. You. Byrne, thank well, it's you been so fun.
3: much.
1: All right. And uh, and hopefully we will talk uh, with you again soon. Sure. Okay.
0: Anytime well, any, any you well. got 2 hours to spare.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Have a good night. Okay.
2: Bye. Right. Hey. Yay. Yay. We're going to we didn't record any of that. That was a dry run. <laughs> yeah, we got to do it again for real. <laughs>
1: And there you go, folks. That is the conclusion of our of our second half of the John Byrne interview. What a wonderful guest!
0: I was so terrified <laughs> all I, week. <laughs> I uh, I was like I couldn't sleep. I uh, I just kept dreaming like horrific, horrible nightmares that. John Byrne was going to call me a, a fat loser at one point. And, when uh, I told you, know, you that that, you that John, <laughs> when, when
1: I told you that John Byrne was had agreed to be on the show, your response was so underwhelming. I was so I was crushed.
0: I was I was very nervous because, like I said, I mean, if there's one guy out there that when I was a kid that was my idol in comics, it was John Byrne, and I was yeah. so afraid of a moment where, you know, it's like you're always afraid of meeting your heroes. Yeah, meeting
1: that that, that baseball player that you've idolized your entire life and Mm -hmm. finding out that he's a total ass. And you
2: finally meet Carrot Top. Yeah, not, not, I met so. Carrot
1: Top. I bought carrot. I actually shared a drink with Carrot Top in Des Moines, Iowa, with a That's double, a with a <laughs> Very double straw, like a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Hey, is look here? at this. Share
2: a drink. each had half Well, I mean, share drinks. Oh, okay. multiple uh, drinks. drinks. Yeah, but you well, each drank one half of each mixer, one. You
4: and Carrot Top get blocked. That was yeah. That was bizarre.
0: But um, it was a great. I mean, he was so cool, and you he, he held
4: yourself I well. I, you know, I got to was, watch in the wing. Well, he, he the thing, well. thanks, thanks, <laughs> Dustin. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was <man. laughs> a <little> scared. <laughs> I was, I had a hard time.
1: All right, guys. um, So thank you, everyone out there, for for listening. Hopefully, that was very entertaining. And uh, and for new listeners, because I have a feeling that we had some folks that have never heard who the hell we were. That may have uh, may have checked us out. Please come back and uh, people
0: that know John Byrne that don't don't know know us. Yeah, what sounds? I don't know. Oh yeah, you think?
1: So hopefully it was fairly entertaining, and you'll come back to the Around Comics Roundtable. We do have a couple listener (coughs) emails that uh, that I'd like to read before we conclude this episode. Uh, Tom, why don't you lead us off there?
2: Hey, guys. Just got into your podcast after noticing John Suntress was on. Big fan of Word Balloon. Really
1: enjoying what you're
2: doing. John's actually here. John's (laughs) actually here, yeah. If I ever make my way from Australia to Chicago, seeing you guys at Dark Tower will definitely be on the top of my list of things to do. Can I note that there are... (laughs) Probably <laughs> better things to do in Chicago on a Friday. night. <laughs> We'd meet you on a Saturday, like during the right, day, we'll, as opposed we'll hang out to. With you if if you to come all the way from Australia, yeah, Australia, let us know, and I'll have lunch with you, like on a Saturday. But please don't come to feel obligated to spend night. a Friday. Yeah, 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 here. And, th- and that's but, that's but from. Thank uh, that's really but thank you. Yeah.
3: That's
1: really nice. And that was from uh, Lee Webb. Lee, Lee Webb, oh, uh, nice. I
0: got one here. Uh this is uh just wondering if you guys had seen the ultimate gag reel on the Ultimate Avengers 2 special features. It was so hilarious. It had my wife and I crying and she doesn't even know jack about
2: comics. Except now she knows that Iron Man loves ribs. That was Jim. And if anything should make you pro registration is that Iron Man loves ribs, man. <laughs> fucking ribs are great. Ribs are great. Yeah, I mean I Iron, 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 I'm I'm Iron, Iron Man. Ribs are great. Ribs are
1: great. All right. Uh Dustin. Has anybody seen that? Oh, uh no, I, no I've got the DVD. It. I've
0: got the DVD. I'll get home. I'll watch this. it this weekend. I was gonna buy it like the other day. I was thinking about buying it. I hadn't mm-hmm. gotten around to it yet.
3: But oh, unfortunately, oh, oh, Jimmy, we oh, okay.
0: haven't seen it yet, but now I'm gonna go out now and buy I it just because it. we'll so give you our report next week. I don't even, even give a shit about the cartoon, but I'm go gonna go watch go straight to the game. Uh, the
3: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. right? um, oh, I wanna read this next one, yeah, and this is the last one. Okay. Uh, we had spoken at Wizard World. Oh, uh, it says hi. We had spoken at Wizard World Chicago at the Marvel booth, and I finally got a chance to hear your podcast. I think you do a great job. I especially like the way you have panels, so more voices and focused topics, so better indicator whether someone will be interested in a show or not. Thanks for introducing me to podcast. That's from Joanna Draper Carlson, who does uh, comics a, worth a, reading. Comics worth reading dot com. Her blog about uh, she's been reviewing comics for like twelve years. She used yeah. to work at DC Comics, and and there's a funny story about uh, me <laughs> and her and, and meeting at, at Marvel and everything. You can go back and listen to that. But uh, but I just wanted to give a oh, shout out to yeah, Joanna. Yeah, yeah that, uh, was uh, Joanna. that was Joanna. Yeah, uh, Joanna was a very pleasant person. Oh, and, to and I've emailed yeah. her since, and she's going to be on the show at some point.
1: But, oh, awesome, but, awesome. I, I really enjoyed meeting her. Uh, um, right.
4: Dustin, you read it. Hey guys, more emotion. Oh, sorry. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <clears throat> hey guys, before this contest, I was but one of a massive no, 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 listeners who no, 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 enjoy every episode, but failed to post, email, or call the show. I'm guessing that's uh, your contest.
1: Yeah, it was the write uh, Tom's comic. Yeah.
4: yeah, I have followed your exploits since your roving reporter guest podcast on Comic Geek Speak. And now, Marvel at what has become a podcasting juggernaut.
2: (laughs) Jesus. We're the juggernaut, bitch. (laughs) You said
4: never, ever say that. Uh, I know.
2: I feel fucking dirty just doing that. That sucked. Sorry, everyone.
4: (laughs) Yes, all of you are knowledgeable and witty, and you conduct insightful creator interviews. But the source of the Around Comics magic lies in the three friends who meet in a room, turn on a mic, and have the time of their lives. Thanks for letting us listen in. Fernando Tobayan. Pronounced no. Miller. <laughs> uh, Prescott, Wisconsin, but a Viking fan.
2: Sorry, Tom. Well, not everyone can be perfect. Yeah. What, what's
1: the major misconception in that email? That we're all that three we're friends. friends. Yeah.
2: <laughs> three people who tolerate what? each other's press. As When the microphone isn't on, we actually all go to separate corners of this. We, we <laughs> talk on our phones to, like, like We're yeah. all trying to organize our own podcasts. <laughs> no, That's it, like. uh,
0: that is so untrue. I, uh, you guys I, love me.
1: I, I look forward to every Friday. It, nah. is, it is uh, It is. my chance to sit around with my buddies and talk about and comics it's really,
2: and have a beer. It's really cool that you guys are letting my Japanese girlfriend sit here and watch us record the podcast. Yoko? Well,
4: Yoko. That's because she dresses the way she does. <laughs>
1: she Hi, sits Yoko. and watches.
4: I love manga.
3: Hello. <laughs> All, right.
1: All right, guys. Uh, a couple quick announcements here. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of some of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh the forum, once again, everybody that helped out with the John Byrne questions, we really appreciate it. Uh you were all fantastic, and uh the forum is something that I enjoy spending time at every day. So uh if you have not had a chance to yet, please check out the forum at aroundcomics.com. Uh our September contest, we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's the Trivia Challenge. Check that out. Uh, The Listener LCS, if you have a chance, download our PDF flyer and put that up in your comic shop, and we will mention you on the show. Uh, Vote for us at Podcast Alley, and uh, run by the iTunes Music Store if you have a chance, and as I say every episode, be as cool as Andy Parks, and leave us a review. Sal?
0: Uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to John Byrne. Oh yeah! yeah uh, thanks. thanks for just being a fantastic creator for thirty years, and and uh, just a, a great guest, and we had so much fun talking. To I'm you. gonna
2: go read some of his stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's something really oh, cool. He did some really cool stuff, I heard. <laughs> well, I've I haven't mean, read much of it.
0: Way to pro. Way to just push that. Push that. Yeah, thank yeah, I'm sure. I've done.
2: read tons of it. I know. Yes. All
4: right. Who hasn't? Uh, if you haven't, you're. You're not yeah. reading comments. Yeah, you know? I don't know what the hell you're doing. I'd like
1: to thank everyone that joined <laughs> us today. John Byrne, Sal, Tom, as always, you guys are,
0: are awesome i love you guys uh you're all right tom and i talk about you after the show and we think you're okay <laughs> uh dustin uh
1: kyle mark Beatty, the manager here who else did we have uh, dave, wachter. dave wachter dave uh, john Suntress is milling around here um so so we mean if you if you if you're in the chicago area come on in we're here every friday everyone have a fantastic rest of your week We'll be back again Mm. next Monday with another full length episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around around
3: comics. I didn't say anything that time.
0: If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week. With a panel, will change, but our mission stays the same. Bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.